Good evening on India Decides tonight. The big story: Patriarch of the BJP L.K. Advani blinks after RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat brokers peace. But the big questions remain unanswered, with different versions emerging from the Advani camp and the Modi camps on what exactly has been decided. Also breaking on NDTV tonight: exclusive details of why the CBI has filed an FIR against one of India's richest MPs, industrialist Naveen Jindal. For allegedly giving kickbacks to another former Congress minister, the Sari Narayan Rao, Naveen Jindal hasn't spoken so far. He's told the CBI he's out of town as his house and offices were raided today. But a press statement released saying that Jindal Steel will maintain the highest ethical standards as always. That story in just a few moments. But first, L.K. Advani agrees to take back his resignation from all BJP posts. Interestingly, the announcement was made by BJP President Rajnath Singh. Flanked by senior BJP leaders at LK Advani's residence, but Mr. Advani stayed away from the media. Rajnath Singh's explanation: It would have been disrespectful if he had appeared when all of them were speaking about him. RSS Sarasangachak, Sri Mohanji Bhagwat, he spoke to Sri Advani ji and asked him to respect the BJP parliamentary board decision to continue to guide the party. in national interest the rss and the bjp finally prevailed over patriarch lk advani without seeming to compromise much sources now tell ndtv that advani's displeasure was less over modi becoming the chairman of the party's election campaign and moreover rss leader suresh soni's insistence that modi's appointment was to go through whether or not advani agreed the party though denied it मैंने संघ संघ के लोगों से भी मैंने बात किया कि आप लोगों के द्वारा कोई स्टेटमेंट जारी किया गया उन्होंने बताया कि ऐसा कुछ नहीं है बट इट्स अनक्लियर इन व्हाट कैपेसिटी अडवाणी विल रिटर्न टू द पार्टी फोल्ड एज अ गाइड और हैव अ से इन क्रिटिकल डिसीजंस एंड द बिगेस्ट क्रिटिकल डिसीजन कमिंग अप इज वेदर नरेंद्र मोदी शुड बी द पार्टीज प्राइम मिनिस्टेरियल कैंडिडेट टुडे मोदी ट्वीटेड आई हैड सेड यस्टरडे दैट अडवाणी जी विल नॉट डिसअपॉइंट लैक्स ऑफ कार्यकर्ताज टुडे आई होल हार्टेडली वेलकम हिज डिसीजन But the question is whether this is a compromise between Mr Advani and top BJP leaders or whether this is a case of the party prevailing over the BJP veteran it is still not clear what Mr Advani has got in the bargain except perhaps getting the announcement of the BJP's prime ministerial candidate deferred But was this a face saving formula and is the crisis genuinely over Advani is back in the fold but his attack on leaders concerned with personal agendas remains unanswered. Advani also skipped the press meet held at his own home. Maine maine swayam Advani ji ko kaha ki kyunki main yahan maujood hu ye press conference hamari hai ye uchit nahi hoga ki main press conference karu. और उसमें अडवाणी जी हमारे बगल में बैठकर हमारी प्रेस कॉन्फ्रेंस सुने विद आलोक पांडे एंड केटली आंग्रे चेतन भट्टाचार्जी फॉर एनडीटीवी सो हैज नरेंद्र मोदी एंड आरएसएस वन दिस राउंड दैट्स अ बिग क्वेश्चन लेट्स सी डेवलपमेंट्स ओवर द नेक्स्ट फ्यू डेज बट मूविंग टू आवर अदर बिग स्टोरी टुनाइट एंड सुनेत्रा चौधरी हैज बीन ट्रैकिंग दैट एफआईआर अगेंस्ट टू की कांग्रेस लीडर्स वन ऑफ कोर्स कांग्रेस एमपी नवीन जिंदल वन ऑफ द रिचेस्ट इंडस्ट्रियलिस्ट इन द कंट्री एंड आल्सो द सारी नारायण राव फॉर्मर कांग्रेस मिनिस्टर अ मीडिया बैरन in andhra pradesh sunetra the charges made by the cbi and this is the first time actually this has come out is that navin jindal's company allegedly paid kickbacks 
to the Sari Narayan Rao, who was Minister of State of, for Coal for Key Allotments. Tell us what you have. Well, this FIR is very significant because it's the 12th one, but this one makes very serious allegations. Now, let me tell you more about it. Just a couple of weeks before the coal scam comes up in Supreme Court and CBI has to answer for its own autonomy, they booked the former coal minister, Dashri Narendra, and Congress MP Naveen Jindal in the scam. What's also interesting is that for the first time, CBI has alleged a money trail where they say that apart from misleading the screening committee about its eligibility, Jindal Steel conspired with the minister to get the allocation and in return they suggest that Narayan, Dasari Narayan Rao may have got a kickback. Let me explain the money trail that they are alleging. Now the allocation was to Jindal Steel and to a subsidiary that's Gagan Sponge. Now through other subsidiary groups of Jindal Steel, CBI alleges that they transferred 2.25 crores worth to the minister's company. So from Jindal Realty, that's another group where Naveen Jindal is a shareholder. In the other in Jindal Steel, he's a director. In this, he's a shareholder. An unsecured loan of 2.25 crores is given through the various companies to Gagan Sponge. And from this, this is another affiliate, New Delhi Exim. But here's the important bit. New Delhi Exim then invests... 2.25 crores is the same amount into Dashri Narayan Rao's Sobhagya Media Group. The timing, of course, is crucial and this is what the CBI will have to prove in court. The allocation made January 2008. This investment into Dashri Narayan Rao's company in December 2008, which is what the CBI thinks the minister got a kickback because of this. It comes within a year of this and that's what the CBI will have to prove. Let's look closely now at the type of investment that is being made into the Sri Narayan Rao's group. CBI says that the Jindal company bought shares which were actually 28 rupees in an exaggerated value of 100 rupees each. Of course, they'll have to prove all of this in court, but this is their suspicion that in its FIR and it's the reason that they've charged both of these people, high profile people under the Prevention of Corruption Act. Sunitra, in a sense, this couldn't have come at a worse time for the Congress and the UPA because the fact is that the MOS coal is one a cog really in the whole screening committee which actually decides on allocations. And the final signature is that of the prime ministers. Now, the screening committee includes the coal secretary. So, if the allegation here is that uh, the former MOS coal was uh, allegedly given kickbacks by Naveen Jindal's firm in this complicated way, what about the rest of the screening committee? What about the fact that the Prime Minister actually signed this file? Well, this is where it gets very tricky for the government, Sonia. MOS is, as you're right, doesn't have a say in the screening committee. However, what CBS FIR actually suggests is that in collusion, he influenced because the whole process is that the screening committee, which is headed actually by the coal secretary, and let's not forget, a little aside for our viewers, coal secretary is someone that the CBI wants to question, H.C. Gupta, but hasn't been allowed permission by the government to question yet, and they want to question him as an accused. So anyway, they think that the screening committee led by the coal secretary was up to no good, and they want to question him as an accused. What they're alleging in this FIR is that Dashanari Narayan Rao colluded with them influence them so that even though, according to CBS FIRs, Jindal Steel did not deserve it, even then they got this. So that's the role. Of course, Prime Minister signed it. He signed everything. But according to the CBI, this was only done as uh, it's done on the recommendation. All the recommendations are made by the coal secretary, who's head chairman of the screening committee, and also the recommendation of the Minister of State.
So, that's extremely interesting because uh, as you pointed out, this case is being monitored by the Supreme Court. It will be coming up there just in a couple of weeks from now. But what about the reactions from the men involved? We've heard the CBI's version of events. That's in their FIR now. But what's actually the version of Naveen Jindal and Mr. Rao? Because they've both been completely incommunicado. And in case of Naveen Jindal, again, his home and office is raided today. Yes, 15 segments. In fact, if we can show you some of those pictures, perhaps, of that, that 15 locations were. He's been charged with accused of criminal misconduct. That's, of course, because of the investment there. And also, uh, the various offices, CBI men over there. What's interesting also, as well, is that Naveen Jindal wasn't home. This is his uh, Porsche address. That's 63 Raj Road, where CBI men were all there. And while he was there, they couldn't, a lot of cupboards were locked, so CBI couldn't get to them. And so they've been sealed. They've been sealed. And so CBI says when he's back, in front of him, uh, they will be opening those cupboards as well. What uh, the charges against him, if we can just see what those charges are, criminal misconduct that relies to the Prevention of Corruption Act because of the investment made and the quid pro quo. And of course, conspiracy and cheating, that charge, of course, ties up with the various charges all other companies have had because they, uh, in fact, misled the screening committee. Jindal's defense, their company has sent in a statement. They are saying that they committed fully about cooperating with the CBI. They say they are a law-abiding company and they're governed by a strong ethical code of conduct. So Naveen Jindal, director of Jindal Steel, has been booked on this. That's his response. Now, BJP has welcomed this while the Congress tried to deflect the blame about the high-profile MP who's also on the Standing Committee for Home Affairs. Prime Minister was the coal minister and he is the signatory to each and every allotment during 2006 and 2009. So all the blocks which are being investigated by the CBI today bear the signature of Sri Manmohan Singh and that is the most serious aspect. That is why government is covering it up. Doesn't matter. In whatever position, if he is involved, you see that they should go. According to law, you see that they should be proceeded. So, Sunita, any likelihood of further action by the CBI? Are there going to be any arrests now that these FIRs have been filed? No arrests as of now, but what our sources are saying is that for sure, what we can expect in the next few days, of course, is questioning. And after that, if he's charge cheated, then perhaps it's up to the court whether to order Naveen Jindal's arrest or not. And in case he's evasive, only then will the question of arrest come. Sunita, thanks so much for all those exclusive and comprehensive details. That now is the CBI side of the story. As Naveen Jindal and Dashri Narayan are both not speaking at the moment. But joining me tonight, I'm joined by Shantaram Nayak of the Congress. He's the chairman of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on uh, Law and Justice as well from the Congress. I'm also joined by Sudhan Chutrivedi of the BJP. Prashant Pushan, in this case, now he's actually a petitioner in Colgate and he was the one who had brought up the whole issue of the CBI director meeting with the law minister, which eventually led, of course, to Ashwini Kumar being asked to leave. I'm also joined by Tivleen Singh, a well-known author and columnist, and also with me, Pinaki Mishra, BJD MP, also senior lawyer, and he has represented the Jindals earlier in cases. No one from the Jindal group agreed to be on this program tonight. But Mr. Nayak, 
Over to you first, because the details that Sunetra has given of the CBI investigation seem very damaging. What is the Congress and the government response? Also the fact that will this Colgate fire now not just singe, but burn the UPA because the Prime Minister signed the allocation finally. What I am wondering what BJP has to say, first of all, and I will say it, about CBI's fairness, independence. Now, Javadekar just say, this is too little, too small, etc., etc. And uh, government has taken too long a time to deal with this matter, etc., etc. Though, of course, so the CBI investigation is monitored by blame the Supreme CBI, Court, sir. They blame. No, though, of course, CBI is being no, investigation being no, monitored no, by the Supreme okay, Court. It's okay. It's okay. It's that, okay that I got my own opinion about the monitoring of Supreme Court cases. I am not saying on that. Right now, I am not on this point. Whether the Supreme Court can man, man, monitor, etc., I got my own opinion. Forget about it. But when Congress is there, when Congress government is there, our cases, you see Suresh Kalmadi. Suresh Kalmadi went to jail. And we have made Bansal, Ashwini Kumar resign, Ashok Sawan resign, Raja Kanimoli went to jail. Now, our transparency on each issue has been there very clearly and nobody doubt the credentials of the UPA government. No, but Mr. Shantara, Whereas, Matt, surely that can't be a roll BJP call of honour. No, surely this cannot be a roll call of honour that uh, these uh, so many people were charged and okay, then we asked them to go. Sudhan Trivedi, do you want to react to this point that what will the BGP say now? I want to ask Mr. Nayak <coughs> that the list of actions which he has just elaborated in front of you is most of the cases it was done on the insistence of the Supreme Court. It was not done on the behest of the government itself. And particularly in the manner in which the BJP has raised this issue in the parliament, even then they have tried to turn us a deaf ear. Finally, when the Supreme Court intervened, then only they have done this. So it is not the question that the government is taking a high moral stand. And the other thing about the independence of the CBI, and they are trying to say that if the CBI has done this raid, it means the CBI is working independent. The first thing, again, this is the case under the Supreme Court supervision. And the second thing, regarding the CBI, just four days back, you remember, they have withdrawn all the cases against Mr. V. George. And they have submitted the closer report. This itself is a very glaring evident evidence that the CBI is working under the influence of the government. So I totally discredit this idea that the government is doing in a fair manner for the proper investigation of these sort of scams. Mr. Shantaram Nayak, let me just ask that point which Sunetra Chaudhary also actually raised in her, uh, in her OB just now. The point she made, the court secretary, that in this case, the screening committee headed by the court secretary, Mr. Gupta, now the government has denied the CBI permission to actually question him. Again, the fact that the file was signed by the prime minister, how can the Congress isolate this blame to just the two uh, men named in this FIR and not face larger political embarrassment Considering the other two, uh, the fact that the Prime Minister is coal minister and that the court secretary, uh, there is there's no uh, permission for questioning by the CBI. First of all, presently the case is being investigated under Prevention of Corruption Act 1988, which was passed at the instance of Sri Rajiv Gandhi. Then RTI Act, which is being largely used by the society today, is also a gift of the UPA government and go further the UPA government wanted to strengthen the corruption law in the country by passing the whistleblower bill 
judicial accountability bill and citizen charter bill why bjp is not allowing to strengthen this law of corruption i think why I, they are stopping parliament from let, functioning let me just get let it. Them i think we're going this. on i think we're just going this on to other questions which come to the root of this matter i think we're not answering the specifics because this debate is really specifically about colgate let me just get in prashant pushan on <coughs> that point who's actually a petitioner in this case prashant pushan dramatic developments today with the cbi filing that fir do you welcome it yes yes this is certainly a welcome first step this is the first fir where uh, two important congress functionaries one of whom is a beneficiary of the allotments uh, mr navin jindal and the other who was uh, the minister of state for coal have been named but uh, this was something which was so obvious which needed to be done a long time ago because these facts had come out in the public domain that uh, there was a quid pro quo in this case and not just in this case uh, several media organizations have exposed quid pro quos in several other cases involving mr jaiswal and other uh, ministers etc those were uh, also the first time money has been established for... i think the money trail is the first time no, it's been established by the cbi in this case so it's not in that sense generic to all the allocations nay but this this was in the public domain for quite some time so therefore this this fir of course needed to be registered at that very time as soon as this fact came out in the public domain but more action needed to have been taken of course the cbi is being obstructed by this government by not allowing the coal secretary to be questioned etc but they need to question many other people all these in fact uh, the the main thing in the cbi's investigation so far is that all these allotments are totally arbitrary there was just no system in place and therefore it is important to question each and every one of these persons no, because if all the allotments are arbitrary mm -hmm. if all the allotments are arbitrary and if that's my information that allotments were being made on the basis of some amount had been fixed per ton of uh, extractable reserves when that amount was paid in the congress party headquarters then a chit used to be issued and that chit used to be brought to the screening committee or to the prime minister's but, office and thereafter the allotments were being made but mr bhushan so, therefore it is really this yes but mr bhushan just on that point as so surely in these cases evidence is crucial and let me just get in uh, pinaki mishra the government defense in this case earlier has been the fact that many of these allocations were made on the recommendations of state governments and they of course included navin patnaik's government in that the vasundhara raje government in that so making the point that you can't just go around saying every allotment is arbitrary, arbitrary scrap all allotments what would you say in this matter because you have represented uh, companies uh, who own these coal mines in the past including jindals what would you say today you know sonia i have only appeared for them as a senior advocate mm -hmm. briefed by other you know advocates who the jindals have engaged so uh, in that sense i mean you know i don't hold a retainer for them mm -hmm. uh, so uh, i am not an apologist for them except to say that as far as odisha is concerned and i think that's where you wanted me in this debate yes because uh, so far there's no case filed and they haven't engaged me in this matter so therefore uh, you know i have no direct bearing on this case at all as far as odisha is concerned i have said this in the past and i will say continue to say this till the cows come home 
that Naveen Patnaik ji as chief minister, it was his bounden duty. If somebody is going to invest 25,000 crores in your state, provide employment to hundreds and thousands of people, it is his bounden duty as chief minister, his Raj Dharma, to recommend a coal block for that party. He so has done nothing wrong. What he did was that somebody else's coal block, which had expired, who had, who had left an unutilized coal block, who was going to set up a power plant outside the state, once mm -hmm. that expired, all the chief minister said was, look, please use my coal, state's coal to be given to an entrepreneur who is setting up an industry in my state. So it all this thing about chips, so these chips will go to screening committees, how these, all these that. arbitrations, all these allocations being total arbitrary, you wouldn't, you wouldn't agree with what Prashant Bhushan is saying at all. What, what about these chits and the assumption no, that every no, allocation sorry, was flawed? A, there is a, look, what Prashant is saying and what is, what, is, what is today pending in the Supreme Court is a slightly different matter. That is the pick and choose manner in which the central government has sometimes uh, you know, given uh, coal blocks to parties which have been fly-by-night operators who have not used them for captive consumption, who have actually been merchant miners or who have gone ahead and further sold those blocks for massive profits. I think that is a scam. But it's but not only those parties cases. Like the jindals who are setting, who are using this for captive use, they're not merchant miners. Mm -hmm. They're using it for captive. I mean, and they're providing, let's face it, they came in at a time when coal was not in demand. They've invested thousands of crores in exploiting these mines and trying to coal fire their uh, power plants. Uh, you know, you can't shut down India. That's my point. And my chief minister has done nothing wrong, let me tell you again. He, it was his bounden duty to recommend a coal block for somebody who is putting up a power plant in his state and giving giving employment to hundreds of thousands of people. Tavreen Singh, Tavreen Singh come in on that point. In a sense, and th th these are the sources who are for the Jindal group but who will not talk on camera, but making the point, they're saying that we're returning back to the whole uh, Raid Raj uh, system of the CBI. The CBI has to produce some FRs and make things. So now, any the message that is going out to corporate India is a much larger one. Would you agree or do you feel that if the instances are found like this, you need to take the harshest possible action to make sure this uh, rot is cleaned up? Well, you know, I want to make two points. Yes. One is this media hysteria over every case of corruption really is unnecessary and we need to control ourselves a little bit and look at, at this whole issue in a little bit more perspective. Mm -hmm. The reason why the exploitation of coal was privatized was because under the public sector when it was a totally central government controlled thing, you have vast coal uh, under the ground that has been burning for your, some of our best coal is burning, you know, uselessly, okay? We import coal when we have these vast reserves. That's ridiculous. The public sector failed to deliver. It doesn't have the technology to really mine this coal. Now, when a company comes in, like, say, Jindal, whatever, and, and mines the coal, we should be grateful for the investment they make. If they haven't delivered on the coal. It, it's possible that it's, you know, because it's, it, it's a pretty expensive business to deliver. But if they bribed somebody 
to get this illegally, that's a different matter. Mm -hmm. But every time this happens, we forget the perspective. And we forget that the reason why all these scams have happened is because this is the leftover of the license quota permit raj, which when we get so hysterical in the media, we are indirectly supporting. No, you but know, to raid, uh, uh, one minute, Sonia, to raid a businessman in India in the present atmosphere is sending, first start the wrong message, secondly, do we know that such raids don't occur in more civilized countries? Do we ever object to them? And now the police and the, you know, the, the tax inspectors are using you guys, you know, your television reporters, to say, come, come, take a look at what we're doing. This is wrong. Tavleen, but let's just look at it from the other point of view, because when you say media hysteria, I think the reason why this would be different from any others is the fact that both the men involved are from the Congress, the governing party. So the implication of what the charges is quite a serious one in that sense, even though it may be a lot of effect, the larger issue, whether the coal allocation are going from public to private and the success rate, though of course the private sector has not had a great success rate in extracting coal at all either. Surely the implications here, and given that the Prime Minister signed the file. Nobody has made a case. That, one minute. Nobody yes. has made a case. You don't have any Prashant Bhushans making cases against public sector companies for this. Right? But every, every private uh, case that there is, there's some little leftist lawyer going after them. Now, in this case, is he, if he is guilty, it'll be find out why is the CBI using the media to conduct a lynching? Let it make its investigation, do its charges. You know, I, I, what I object to is a lynching of a fairly respectable businessman of a very well-known Indian company. Leftist lawyer Prashant Pushan, would you like to comment on the fact, the fact of a public lynching, the no, fact yes, that the me. media space is perhaps <laughs> occupied uh, by leftists like you and Arvind Kejriwal? Go ahead. <laughs> right. Uh, well, uh, Ms. Tavleen Singh seems to think that uh, if you are uh, a private sector, if you are a private industrialist, <laughs> then you should be allowed to get away with any kind oh, of don't, loot. Don't, don't, you don't should be allowed to get away said. with bribing your I'm way, sorry, don't bribing to your way to get allocations Sonia, of coal mines worth lakhs of crores. Mr. Bhushan, she, that she's, Ms. I think, I think, are we not allowed that she said that there was corruption? I'm not allowed to lie about what I said. Is this a media trial to lynch him? What she's saying is that in the license permit Raj, there used to be corruption because licenses were being given which were scarce and therefore why there was corruption. Why is this not a mega license permit scam? Here you have scarce uh, coal yeah, mines. There were a yeah, very large number of applicants to whom they could have been given. Instead of having a way of uh, selecting the best applicants and auctioning them so that the state could get the maximum revenue, what you have is uh, but Mr. Bhushan, the point I think we made by both Pinaki and Kabir Singh have, was that this was coal. Was have, not, it was not a very valued commodity at that time. You actually had to convince uh, Pinaki's viewers that you had to actually convince people to come in and invest. He made the yeah. point of Orissa that you had to actually go out and woo those investors to come in. Now, this actually does the exact yeah. opposite in a sense. This is absurd to say that you had to woo investors. I mean, firstly, coal mining does not require much investment at all. You just have to dig out the coal and sell it off. In fact, this oh is what goodness. has been happening in the entire I'm mining sorry. sector in I'm this country.
This is, in fact, Justice Santosh Hegde who did the economics of this, who studied the economics of this mining. Even the CAG has studied the economics of this mining. I just want to let that point, coal mining, not an expensive business. You know, Prashant is a wonderful lawyer. Prashant knows a lot about a lot of things. But the one thing Prashant doesn't know about, I'm sorry to say, is commerce or economics or the or the or the economics of mining believe me well Prashant, said, I'm, I'm doing many mining cases now <laughs> on behalf of industrialists and let me tell you there are humongous investments in terms of both machinery in terms of you know the ecological uh, impact that has to be the damage that has to be contained you have no idea my friend this is running into thousands of crores this is the pick no, and the shovel CAG method of going in and you know, of picking that. out a, a few few kilos of coal is over. This is now a totally state of the art business, and the the PSUs have failed us completely. There, all the coal blocks which have been given are coal blocks which have had to be resumed from the from the public sector because they were lying exactly. either dormant or they were no, getting exhausted by just internal combustion. No, but the private sector has done much better, Pinaki. Again, the point which is so why so I'm many sorry is that there is a huge investment by the coal ministry for non-development. And, so and the state, the private sector hasn't is not well willing or unable to make this investment. Absolutely right, Sonia. Absolutely right. Let the private sector has performed even worse than the public sector in this. Let me bring Shantaram Nayak on that point. Shantaram Nayak, the government cannot escape the one charge that this would not have come to light in any sense if the CAG had not tabled that report. The complete inefficiency, the waste of public taxpayer money, whether it's inefficiency or corruption, there's been huge colossal waste. Was the government sleeping on its watch? The Prime Minister, I repeat, was in charge. In fact, remember Shibu Soren, the then coal minister had to be shifted out again because of murder and charges. The Prime Minister stepped in, the man who's... A well-known economist. This happened on his watch. Where who takes responsibility, Mr. Shantaram? Started during NDA regime. It is NDA regime which laid the foundation of direction, directionless allotments. It is the PA government which has tried to give shape to this allotment, and now everything has been regularized. And there is a Mines and Mineral Development Bill 2011. Office Standing Committee report has come. And if you see the features of this bill, you will come to know that there is total transparency in the licensing system. Power has been given to states. Mining regulation body has No, but Mr. Shantaram Nayak, where does the responsibility stop in this case? Given what Sunetra pointed out, that the MOS score cannot clear an allotment. No, but Mr. Shantaram Nayak, where does the responsibility stop in this case? Given the point that Sunitra made that the MOS Cole, who was then the Sari Narayan Rao, cannot clear the allotment. The allotment is cleared by the screening committee. So where does the responsibility then stop for this allotment? Are you asking me something? Yes, Mr. Shantaram Nayak, I was asking you, where does the responsibility stop for this allotment? The question is, what are the powers of MOS or cabinet ministers? Are different things. No, the, the, MOS, of the, government the of MOS India. was not in the screening let, committee. Let Mr. Dashreen Narayan Rao was not in the screening committee. Do that job in the matter. But so, Dhan Chaturvedi, do you want to come in on that point? What are the further improvements or legislative measures the government proposes to take? Uh, I am unable to understand. The of the so, Dhan Chaturvedi, come in on, please. Uh, I am unable to understand the which type of transparency Mr. Nayak is telling when the minutes of the meetings are not available. The you criteria the on which it was allotted is not bill. available. And just few few days, few months back, 
when the cbi has filed the affidavit the level of transparency which the government was trying it is evidently clear in front of the nation and my allegation is that the raids which has been conducted today are too little too late and once again our allegation is it is just try to cover up another sort of corruption the they are trying to divert the attention from the main object that is the prime minister who was the coal minister at the time how can you just put a blame on uh, just one mos when the prime minister was heading the department how many times you have to ask resignation of pm It's It's not the question of how many times when you do this type of mega corruption, <coughs> first you introspect and then ask to us. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. But Shudhanshtri, the point is that as I, the government, the UP government has maintained that many of the decisions it took were based on letters from the include the Vasundhara Rajya government. So they asked why the BGP has double standards. Pinaki Mishra, uh, come and you wanted to come and intervene. They you want know, to take I, an I alibi of a few thing. letters given by the chief minister. Sonia, which is obviously there were some ch chief ministers of the BGP government. But I would like to say, Sonia, the level of confidence which we are having in the federal structure—is it? It seems logical that just by one letter, they are stopping the on the pol all the policies. They are not making any policies in 2006 to 2012. Just on the LB of one letter you know, given may, by one chief minister, Sonia. Yes, go ahead. Uh, When the entire right was you know, resting Sonia, with the central government. Yes, let's go. let's be fair to all concerned. Today, the fact of the matter is there is. a very very close scrutiny of this being done by the honorable supreme court and thanks to people like prashant who have who have you know moved the court and who have ensured that the cbi undertakes a very very thorough investigation mm -hmm. so therefore pending that investigation today it's fair to to you know let little bits and pieces dribble out into the in into the public space and say that you know this amount was given here that amount was given there i don't think that's fair because you know i know the jindals have done business in india, in orissa and i've seen the way they've done business over the last at least 5 years that i've been there you know it's a complete arms length business that they do there and in the teeth of you know a great deal of difficulties that all industrialists feel today they really find very difficult conditions working conditions at, at the field level Well, we so therefore i have seen the way they work i am not an apologist for them but all i am saying is that let the supreme court which is seized of the matter and which is being which is being helped by people like prashant and rightly so let the supreme court arrive at a you know arrive at a decision whether the cbi is doing its job or not and let the cbi eventually as an investigating body you know arrive at its findings you made that point about in, about, about industries and what the What the message going out is, we know that the impact on the stock has been immediate. It finally closed 15% down. But Tavina, I want to bring you in on another point. The government not allowing the court secretary to be questioned. Now, one reason which the government, of course, has given is the fact that if bureaucrats are to be questioned for every decision in power, either to be looked at uh, in hindsight, this message that goes out to the bureaucracy is again a wrong one. The argument being that bureaucrats will stop signing files, bureaucrats will stop taking any decision for fear of prosecution in later years when it comes up. Is that an argument you buy? Is that a fact we see happening around um, us? Well, you know, bureaucrats should be questioned, and there should be much more transparency in the process. And if the prime minister had stuck by his, the very first press conference he gave as prime minister mm -hmm. was to say. 
that there should be administrative reform. Why did he not do anything about it? Administrative reform would bring in transparency. We wouldn't even need an RTI if we functioned like modern democracies function. We still function with rules set by, colonial, by a colonial power, mm -hmm. right? But the bureaucrats must be questioned. They are often more responsible for these decisions than even the politicians who usually know very little. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just shocking that we have all these things coming out, which are really administrative problems that have been turned yes. into issues of corruption. Right. Well, we're going to take a, we're going to go from this story to the other big one, of course. But this will be an interesting story to watch. As I said, that this investigation, the, Supreme, uh, the CBI will have to submit this in the Supreme Court. So let's see what comes out of it. But as Sunita reported, this is the CBI's first allegation of an actual money trail. Will this stand in court? Let's see what Naveen Jindal and Dashir Narayan Rao actually come out and say. But thank you all very much for joining me on this big news day. But as I said, the other story tonight is the slide of the Indian rupee. No need to panic, said the government. The rupee will recover in the next few days. But it fell again to a new low today, nearly crossing the 60 rupees mark to the dollar. That's fallen over 3% in the last 48 hours. That's when the RBI was forced to intervene by selling off some dollars. They're not calling it a formal intervention, but they sold off dollars today and the rupee recovered slightly, but still closed at its lowest ever today. And I spoke earlier this evening to the Deputy Chairman of the Planning Commission, Montek Singh Aluwalia. Of course, the big question is whether it will cross that psychological 60 rupee mark. Dr. Aluwalia, thanks very much for joining us. We heard the Chief Economic Advisor today saying that this is not about India and a local issue. This is more global. The dollars got stronger, so other currencies have been falling against it. He gave the South Africa example. But many others ask, isn't this more about the fact of a weak Indian economy, that our fundamentals are bad, that's why the rupee is sliding so badly? Well, I think you certainly have to look at what's happening globally. I mean, this is not... Uh, just something happening in India. I mean, I've seen the numbers. And probably if you look at it from uh, the 1st of January, uh, South Africa, Brazil, Turkey, uh, they've all depreciated. Actually, South Africa has depreciated a lot. Uh, Brazil and Turkey, a little bit less so, but roughly comparable to us. So actually what is happening is it's a period of global volatility in currencies. I mean, basically the dollar has been going up uh, right now, there's some uncertainty about that also because the Federal Reserve has sort of signaled that they may be changing their monetary stance uh, regarding QE, and that will create some uncertainty about what happens to the dollar. So it's a very uncertain time globally, uh, and uh, I don't think that our movement is that different uh, from that of other emerging market countries. Now, of course, you know, it's right to look at the fundamentals, but I think if you look at the fundamentals in India, uh, yes, there are problems, but there are fewer problems than there were five months ago. But the fact, uh, again, Dr. Aluwalia, that as the government says, don't panic, the Indian rupee nearly hitting 60 rupees unless, uh, to the dollar, the RBI then intervened in a sense, and the Indian rupee has gone down about 8% since the 1st of May. That's a record low. We're actually the lowest performing in Asia. Forget South Africa. What's, your, what's the response to that? I believe that uh, with the steps that the government has taken to revive investment mm -hmm. through the Cabinet Committee on Investment, etc., and those, those steps are not fully evident yet because some of them are still being processed, I think we can look forward in the rest of the year to a gradual revival of investor sentiment. 
uh, a better growth performance and a fiscal situation that's much more under control. Now, in those circumstances, I think we should be able to attract uh, the capital inflows that we need. Now, uh, you know, having said that, let me say that, you know, week to week, uh, if the exchange rate is not fixed, and I should repeat that we mm -hmm. have repeatedly said our exchange rate is not fixed. I mean, market sentiment can vary the rupee a little bit up and down. So, you know, people are going to make money and lose money when the rupee goes up or the rupee goes down. And it's not the job of the Reserve Bank to prevent these kinds of market movements. But, Dr. Aluwalia, given that psychologically, at least, if the rupee crosses uh, the 60 rupee mark of the dollar, there will be a huge impact, especially in election year. Also, given the fact you talk about <clears throat> reforms, but what the only big UPA game changer in a sense coming up is the food security bill, possibly the ordinance which is likely to be cleared by the cabinet on Thursday. What's the impact that's actually going to have? Because given the growing, uh, the worries the finance minister has to control the deficit, the food security ordinance isn't going to help at all. In fact, it's probably going to make matters worse. No, let me say, I think uh, the food security bill should not surprise the market. I mean, the government has consistently said that they regard the food security initiative as important. They want to either a bill, it can't be a bill. I mean, if we had to act now, it would be an ordinance or a bill. I don't know what the government will decide. But, you know, the quantity of difference that it makes is not that huge. I mean, the additional burden, if the food security bill, as at least the version I saw, uh, comes in, uh, would be an extra 20,000 crores a year. Now, given the size of the Indian economy and the size of the budget and the fact that we ought to cut some other subsidies, that's not going to break anything. I mean, it is perfectly possible, in my view, if the government regards the food security as its top priority, which it does, mm -hmm. then I think we can balance the budget on other things, especially other subsidies. I don't think the food security bill is, is something that alters the basic arithmetic uh, of macro balance in the economy. And the market uh, market's expecting it. I mean, it's not a surprise to anybody. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Dr. Aluwale, the balancing act of economics and uh, politics, in a sense, has been one that the government has struggled with. And the big question, of course, always remains. The opposition always points to the fact that this government is led by an economist. Uh, you, as a head of Deputy of the Planning Commission, work closely with the Prime Minister. Yet our economy is in such a mess. And the falling rupee is only a symptom of that. Well, look, I mean, the government has been uh, in, in power for approximately nine years. Uh, in eight of those nine years, the growth rate has been extraordinarily good. In the ninth year, the growth rate does not look to be very good. But this is a year in which the Eurozone has contracted. So quite honestly, mm -hmm. it is completely unfair to relate the competence of the government to the performance in this last year. Or, I mean, we don't know what the performance will be this year. I believe it's going to improve. I think you have to keep in mind that if you want to judge how the economy is being managed, I mean, the right thing to do is take a look over the eight years or so, nine years or so as a whole. Now, if you do that, the average growth rate in the nine years as a whole, including the 5% growth of the previous year, is about 8.2%. The but previous government's record for a six-year period or a seven-year period was approximately 5.7. But Dr. Aluwale, comparisons are not what people are looking for. People are looking for what 
the situation is now, not the better or worse of these two options. No, no, uh, let me put it this way. The in every government, there have been odd years when the growth rate has been low. I think the lowest growth rate in the NDA government was about 4.2%. The lowest growth rate in the UPA government has been 5% last year. I don't believe it's going to be 5% this year. Mm -hmm. So quite frankly, I mean, while I can understand that in a world of instant television, you're evaluating the economy every five minutes. And right now you're looking at an economy which is hopefully bottoming out. Any longer term assessment of how the economy has gone, I mean, the Indian economy is much better off than it was seven or eight years ago. And I believe that in the current year, it will be better than it was last year. And frankly, there's, you know, that's the performance that people should look at, at least if they're talking about the general election. Dr. Adwalia, thank you very much uh, for joining me this evening. Uh, joining me live now, my two guests, uh, Sajid Chinoy of uh, JP Morgan, also Tavleen Singh still with us. Sajid Chinoy, uh, Dr. Adwalia, presenting a confident voice, a confident argument there. Would you agree with him? Raghuram Rajan as well, making the point that FIS will come in. He says, misplaced confidence, or do you think uh, in this case they may have a point? You know, both, both things can be true, uh, Sonia. One is that, to be fair, uh, the current sell-off in the rupee is very similar to what's happening around the world. There's been a global sell-off in emerging markets. Um, the current account deficit countries like India, like Brazil, South Africa, Mexico, Turkey, have all suffered in a similar vein. And so we can't really attribute what's happened to the rupee over the last month uh, to India-specific factors. But what it's revealed is there are vulnerabilities. And the biggest one really is we have a very large an unsustainable current account deficit. And that's the reason why the rupee has performed so badly in Asia. Everybody has this current account surplus. Uh, we're current account deficit. And so we've suffered like other countries. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a key vulnerability. Um, the second is that a lot of that financing is not happening through FDI flows. It's happening through hot money, through portfolio flows. And the lack of FDI flows or, or the smaller quantum, that reflects, I think, uh, you know, weaknesses in the domestic economy, that growth has slowed. The investment climate has been extremely weak over the last three, four years. So at some level, today's sell-off is not an India-specific phenomenon, but it reveals just how vulnerable we are on the external sector, both in the quantum of the current account deficit and the, and the manner in which it's being financed. Tavleen, is, this, is that concern something the government wakes up to? Because the economists may say all the right things, but we know politically it's a very different direction. The food security bill, Montek Singh Alwale says that won't put extra stress in a sense on the deficit or the markets are expecting it. But you're a known opponent of that bill and you've expressed concern about, in a sense, the government's uh, no reaction to the rupee. Okay, look, I'm not an economist, I'm a political analyst. Mm -hmm. And I blame the collapse of the Indian economy, the, the falling of the rupee, everything on government policy in the past four years, right? The first UPA one term was not as bad as this one. This one, I'm, again, I'm going to speak in layman's terms. You've got 10 lakh crore rupees worth of projects that, are, that remain stuck because the environment ministry or some other ministry of the government of India refuses to clear them. That's a lot of money that's stuck. You've got a retrospective tax, uh, you know, which could change the rules of, of tax paying for foreign companies. We've seen the, the harassment of many foreign companies in this. We've seen the harassment of Indian companies because the government keeps changing its rules of investment. 
Now, you know, in such an atmosphere, and then secondly, we've got reckless spending on, um, you know, on uh, Lady Bountiful economics, you know. We've got, uh, you know, give them more food, give them free this, give them free that. The food bill I oppose because I don't believe that Montaigne is telling the truth when he says it's just another 20,000 crores. I've read a figure that says it's going to be more like a lakh and 20,000 crores. And where are we going to get the though money course, or the no, grain? He, though, of course, he makes the point on subsidies on petrol and diesel. I presume he's hinting at subsidies on that as they well. They haven't uh, done a thing, really? Sonia. They haven't done a thing. They've done nothing to improve the investment climate. Mm. There's gloom everywhere. They've created no jobs. The private sector can't create jobs. They've taken the whole country down. And ironically, of course, we know that the food security bill is at the moment backed by all parties in a sense, except in the left, which wants it to be universal. But Sajid Chinoy, come in on that point when you're talking about uh, possible reforms. In a sense, the hesitation, given that this is now election year, that that's what's going to happen the next uh, one year. Will any foreign investor or, uh, look at actually putting their money into India at a time when the country is going into elections? Yeah, well, that's a very legitimate concern. I think the biggest problem we face today is the investment climate is very weak. And it goes back to the point Tavleen was making. Frankly, for me, the biggest constraint on growth and investment is stall projects. You, you see that projects on the ground that have started but either had to be installed or abandoned is at record highs. And the concerns are largely policy and regulatory. It's land acquisition, it's coal linkages, it's environmental clearances, it's raw material availability. If that, and, 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 the, and the upshot of that is actually that balloons the current account deficit. Coal imports have doubled, fertilizer imports are 30%. Iron ore exports have tumbled off because the Supreme Court banned mining. So this has a, a double whammy. It affects investment, affects growth, therefore affects foreign investment, but it also balloons your current account deficit and therefore makes you more externally vulnerable. I mean, to be fair, let's give the government some credit. Uh, compared to six months ago, things are much better. Uh, we've avoided a ratings downgrade. The fiscal deficit's now under control. Inflation pressures have been coming off, so mm -hmm. they're threatened by a weak rupee. Uh, and the fact is, you know, we're in a pre-election year and diesel prices have gone up so far. So they get some credit clearly for what's happened, but much more will have to be done on the ground. It's only when growth picks up meaningfully and the investment climate picks up meaningfully will, I think, India be able to attract the quantum of FDI that we need both for investment and to support the rupee. Right. Uh, Sajid Chinoy Tavleen Singh, thanks so much uh, for joining me tonight. I said, let's see what happens with the rupee in the days ahead. And will the food security ordinance likely to be passed this Thursday, as our reporters have been saying as well. Thanks so much, Tavleen and Sajid Chinoy, for joining me. As we end this bulletin, a quick news update. Cricketer Shri Santh is out on bail after spending nearly a month in jail. Today, the cricketer spoke to the media and said that he is innocent and that he has always played the game in the right spirit. This, of course, a day after a court rejected uh, charges of organized crime against the cricketers. All I can say is uh, I totally believe in the judiciary and Indian judiciary and I'm sure uh, my innocence will be proven soon and uh, all I can, I'm, all I'm looking at right now is uh, especially, you know, after coming out of six surgeries on my left toe and surgeries on, all I was looking was to play good cricket and, and I, I can proudly say to all my fans, the Indian media, who, who is listening to me, that I've played the game with all the right spirit and I always played with heart on my sleeve. So. Well, that was Shri there speaking in his defense. That's it on India Decides at 9 o'clock. But coming up next, Naveen Patnaik speaks to Barkhadat. That's after a short break. Thanks for watching.